Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. Folks, as I stated earlier, I am going to be on vacation for the next couple of days, but never fret. I have lined up a series of very good interviews that are tackling the breaking news of this week, which is Donald Trump finally being his home being searched for what we believe at this time for documents that he should not have been in possession of, because guess what? There are documents that belong to the United States government, to the American people, but that is what is being stated right now. We do not know that for a fact. But this is what I will say. Coming up in today's interview is with the communications director for The Frontline, a coalition organization that brings together a diverse coalition of people who, you know, are part of a marginalized community, vulnerable communities to our ever crumbling democracy. Leslie Mack and I will get into a conversation about what are the challenges that Democrats are facing right now. And I say that because there are still many challenges that we are facing, even though there have been a series of legislative wins that we have finally seen that we haven't seen in this country in decades, right? And they did so with their 51 to 50 margin in the Senate. We're talking about, you know, on incredible packages like the Inflation Reduction Act, like the CHIPS package, we're looking at things that the American people actually need. And what we realize and what we have known here on Woke AF is that Republicans don't give a fuck about what it is that the American people need. They don't even want y'all to vote, right? And it isn't just about making sure that black and brown people don't vote. It's also going to be making sure that Democrats across the gamut 
are unable to vote, right? That you no longer have a voice, that this isn't a democracy, that we will weaponize institutions and agencies against our political opponents and foes, as evidenced by Kevin McCarthy's tweet following news that Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was in fact searched by the FBI with a lawful fucking warrant, right? And so, but here's the thing that we have known. The Republican Party has been showing its entire ass since their bullshit Benghazi hearings that they did that came up with, guess what? Absolutely fucking nothing. So while they wanted to turn around and say that, oh, the impeachment inquiries and the Mueller report were all witch hunts, guess what? Those actually ended with motherfuckers being indicted. Donald Trump just happened to offer up pardons in his pardon parade that he did. But if not for Donald Trump being pardoned, fucking a general would be in federal fucking prison right now. I'm looking at you, Mike Flynn, who was part of the architect and the idea of overthrowing the government to secure Donald Trump in the presidency for 2020. You're looking at people like Roger Stone that would be in federal prison if Donald Trump had not offered up a pardon, right? So the very idea that we continue to talk about going after criminals as a witch hunt, right? When in fact, there is a pile a pile of legal evidence against them is just absolute bullshit. But it is the ability for Republicans to coalesce around lies, to coalesce around their belief in Earth too, to coalesce around people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who are advocating a fucking sitting Congresswoman advocating for violence. So when I say to you all this week that I am concerned right? I am not in necessarily a celebratory mood. I think that the Department of Justice and the FBI are moving in the right direction. But I think that what also needs to be seen is that violence is imminent because these people want it because they are stacking up their own personal arsenals, right? of AR-15s and whatever else they can get their fucking hands on. And they're just looking for the direction of Donald Trump to tell them where to go and how to storm the motherfucking castle. Now, right now, Donald Trump does not have a place in time like he did on January 6th to offer up to the people that says, go gather here and go take these people down. But believe you me, he they know to stand back and stand by. They know to be on the ready for any head nod or wink in their direction. And that should leave us all feeling extremely fucking alarmed, right? That a former president of the United States has organized his own fucking militia. But we ain't talking about it like that. And why is that? Because they are a bunch of fucking white men that want to cosplay the fucking civil war. That's why. Right. But if they were any other group, do you think that these people that have been sending out tweets since the search was announced that they wouldn't have been picked up by the FBI on suspicion of being terrorists? Oh, I know we don't have domestic terrorist laws in this country, but believe you me, if the people that were offering up those tweets were people of color, trust and believe they wouldn't give a fuck if we didn't have a law on the books or not, they would be picked up and considered a threat, a national security threat. But these white folks are just allowed to be out in these streets fucking wild. Right. And that is the concern that I have is that are we once again not going to see the writing on the wall, not going to pay attention to the alarms going off and just ignore this until we see another January 6th. But this time, more death, more bloodshed. Right. So coming up next, 
my conversation with communications director Leslie Mack to talk about what kind of messaging Democrats need to be using right now, whether or not the Republicans have jumped the shark, and what it is that the people of these United States need to keep in mind as we make the slow march to midterms. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slate's Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the GabFest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political GabFest. New episodes every Thursday. The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Folks, I am very happy to be joined by Leslie Mack, who is a digital strategist and communications director for The Frontline to talk about, you know, the latest and greatest that Democrats are doing or not doing, um, but also with the latest developments um, to the backdrop of big Democratic wins. And I say big Democratic wins because not a single Republican has decided that the American people are worth fighting for, that our issues are worth fighting for. Um, And so, Leslie, I want to start out uh, with this. Um, Breaking news all over the place that will continue to be uh, breaking news because it's unprecedented. Uh, The FBI was issued a warrant to go into the home of a former president Donald Trump. Uh, We really, at this point, are not 100% clear as to the contents of what that warrant was at the time of this recording. Um, It's being speculated that it is about uh, archival documents that Donald Trump illegally uh, took from the White House to Mar-a-Lago and that they went after his safe. Of course, there has been an outcry of Republicans that this is a witch hunt. This is unprecedented. This opens up all of these things because they live on earth too and believe that the only people that should ever be investigated are Democrats and Hillary Clinton's emails or Hunter Biden's laptop. I want to get your initial reaction to this unprecedented news and the extraordinary times that we find ourselves living in right now. Well, I think one, I just want to state for the record, I really wish I want to be back in precedented times. Like, <laughs> Generally speaking, I've kind of had enough of being present for unprecedented times. Correct. Uh, but also let's acknowledge that, yeah, unprecedented things are happening 
across the board. So we shouldn't expect anything different when it comes to whatever the Department of Justice is going to be doing with regard to Donald Trump, because we, frankly, uh, he was an unprecedented president and his actions were unprecedented as well. So, um, yeah, we should expect things to be unusual because we this is a response to an unusual situation. But what has struck me the most has been the media's kind of framing. I I, I think uh, Sherilyn Eiffel shared this earlier on Twitter. She was saying, like, why are all of these headlines? Donald Trump says FBI raided. Why? Why are we framing it again around his narrative his point of view, even this detail about his safe is directly from him. One, there are facts you can report. Yes, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. They went in there. You can say those things. You can say the FBI didn't have comment on it. But even seeing the framing of how the media is framing it is already, you know, concerning to me. Um, And as you mentioned, what little we do know is that uh, apparently this is related to um, the um, National Archives request for documents that were taken out of the White House by um, Donald Trump, presumably and allegedly, and um, and that they've been requesting these things back for some time and included confidential and classified information. So um, interesting to note, though, whatever they find on this search, they can utilize in any other investigations that are ongoing. So it makes um, anything they find their fair game as long as the warrant, you know, holds up. And, uh, you know, he wasn't there. So I think that's the third thing that I think is really important because I I feel like this positioning of like, oh, they raided a president's home. It's just so histrionic for no reason. He literally was 20 states away in New York at Trump Tower. Um, I the other thing I thought interesting, the White House is claiming they also were blindsided. They found out the same time the rest of us found out when the news broke, which I think is smart on the Department of Justice's part um, to really kind of keep this siloed and separate because they shouldn't be colluding with each other around these sort of things. Um, I think certainly, you know, the president is welcome to have opinions about what the Department of Justice could or should do. But ultimately, um, uh even getting a warrant of this nature for, you know, the the home of a, a former president means that a judge signed off that there was significant um, uh, evidence that would have had to be presented in order for that. So I'm no legal expert, but those are the things that stuck out for me about the what's happening, that media point. And then just noting that, you know, getting this warrant was would not have been a short um, order it would have been a very tall bar um, to reach as far as, um, you know, validity and evidence presented in order to get it even, um, you know, approved. You know, it's funny because uh, both of us have uh, have communications uh, backgrounds and, and expertise. And I got to tell you that as I was watching the news break, I was screaming at my TV behind me, as one does uh, in these unprecedented times, because I listened to every pundit come on and reiterate Donald Trump's talking points. And I'm like, have we not, like, my fucking God, have we not learned anything from 2016, from 2020, that this man if he is if he is unremarkable in so many other areas that the place that he shines is in controlling the media is in setting the tone and the narrative and the idea that it is just being followed up that even the chirons are saying you know Trump says his place was raided and it's just like Dude, they didn't go in with their FBI windbreakers and guns blazing no. and throwing people on the ground as they have been known to do, yes. right? They, you know, this was a legal search 
Um, to your point, I'm not a lawyer either, but I'm just like, why, why do you believe, I guess I'll ask this, why do you think, is it just laziness that the media continues to follow this narrative? Or do you think that it's something else? I think it's where they get the clicks from. And so we we're, we we are in a stage where media, you know, is um, beholden to grabbing folks' attention, grabbing people in a really specific way. And so it it, you know, leads better or certainly would uh, be more offensive, inflammatory to frame it the way they're framing because they know people like us are going to push back on this and people that are um, supportive of 45 are going to be, you know, buoyed by, you know, this mouthpiece that they're giving to, um, to him. And so, you know, that's where I think that the, the murkiness starts to come in with the media because the expectation is that they're unbiased and that they're reporting correctly when in reality, you know, the bias comes in through capitalism and the bias comes in through ha- the metrics that are utilized to, you know, justify or not justify investment in media and media personalities. So that's the thing I think that that I noted. And then, you know, also. Yes, certainly they should have learned this in 2016, should have learned it in 2020. But I I always go back to 2005 when Stephen Colbert coined truthiness and it was the word of the year that year um, <laughs> as like this, this this tipping point in media around truth, around actually yep. like naming a thing as fact and also reporting um, statements from biased individuals as facts, which is what we we're seeing here. Because honestly, we don't. Trump says that everything that comes after that is hearsay. Everything that comes after that is coming from a not trustworthy source of information, but it's not presented as such. So, you know, we talk about this when we talk about the media using police, you know, statements and um, other institutional statements as, you know, well, they've, they've got this is the official word, but it's how official is it? So it's not. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the reality is, is that um, any time that there is a warrant that is put out, uh, that is issued, um, that warrant is then left with the person whose home or office or place uh, was searched. And so Donald Trump has access to that warrant. So if there, in fact, was any type of nefarious or foul play, release the warrant. Right. And then the pe- the public will be able to make a decision. Oh, no, You can do that right? if you want to. Go ahead. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I want to switch gears and-, and talk about Democrats and where we are uh, right now as we make the slow march to midterm elections. Um, I have, like you have been called out on Twitter for daring, daring to air the fact that, you know, Democrats up until recently hadn't been doing much, yep. right? Hadn't been offering the American people anything other than the fact of reiterating that this Republican Party is a viable political party and not a white supremacist cult, right? Have been offering up things like rational, there are rational Republicans left. And I'm like, where? where you know, I'm, lo- I'm, where where I'm, I'm looking. And, you know, and I have been told, like you were, that by virtue of just lifting up the obvious that we're going to be the reasons why Democrats lose in midterms. It has nothing to do, wouldn't have had anything to do with them not offering policy or offering or painting the picture of who the enemy of democracy actually is. It will be the tweets about it. So I just wanted, you know, before we dig in, like, how does that make sense? 
I mean, it's 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 wild to me for a number of reasons. One, because the folks like you and me are the ones that got this dude in the White House in the first place, worked very hard to do so to turn out the vote in 2020, both for the general election and for the Georgia runoff. And it was across mostly progressive movement spaces where we saw um, you know, the uptick in black voters, the uptick in indigenous voters, the uptick in Latinx voters, um, which made the difference in all of the swing states that Biden was able to win. And certainly in Georgia, where I, I cannot, you know, the amount of hands and attention and money and resources that poured into Georgia after the election, which was really difficult for folks because it was a quick turnaround to kind of switch gears and redo a lot of the work that was already done um, for the general election. So to hear, you know, folks like us be vilified for one, saying the obvious and two, you know, I've always been clear that my vote is not uh, some sort of, you know, uh, blank check that you don't mm -hmm. get to cash in when I go into the ballot box. No, no, no. You it's actually an IOU. You owe me uh, a response to the things that me are meaningful to me. And um, as an organizer, especially one that works a lot with grassroots organizers, when I'm voting, I always know I'm voting for who is going to be my opponent around the most progressive and most, uh, you know, people focused policies that I want to support. So yeah, the the entire framing of 2020 was, yeah, we'll vote for you and also expect us. So here we are. Um, there are many things that will keep people from the polls, but my tweets are, are definitely not one of them. Um, you sure? <laughs> you know also, I've never told anybody not to vote. So there's, that's the real like crux of the thing is like, you'll never, you can search all of my tweets from 20, 2008 when I joined the platform to now, you will never ever have seen me say don't vote i've certainly said i understand why people why don't people vote. don't vote which I is get what it I, completely. which is what i said too i have yeah. empathy i completely understand the rationale i get it and i think it's really important that we acknowledge those things it's impossible to do organizing work without acknowledging the realities that people are coming into um spaces with and the the very valid perspectives and conclusions that they should be able to draw um and that's the real crux of things. I want I want more. I'm always going to want more. I should want more. So should you. So should everybody listening. We should all be demanding more because that's our role in this entire process as the people is to continue to push, to continue to demand more for our lives so that we're not just surviving, we're thriving. And more importantly, we are in a significant downswing across the board. We have no matter how much they want to tout these unemployment numbers, inflation is driving costs up. Salaries are not moving at the rate that that they should be and haven't for a really long time. Our minimum wage situation is a joke. Um, mass incarceration continues to run rampantly through our communities. You know, all of these things are still issues on top of a crashing housing market and a housing crisis, the likes of which we haven't seen yet. My husband was talking to me this morning about like, oh, do I think this looming crash is going to be worse in 2008? And I really said to him, I said, you know, we did, we weren't coming off of a pandemic in 2008. We weren't dealing with the scope of housing crisis that we're dealing with because that was not when we had corporate interest buying in the, um, in the residential housing market, which is what we're seeing now, which is really a, a big problem. We also were not coming off of four years of like, like 
blatant fascism um, in the White House and throughout all of our institutions. Um, and we weren't dealing with things like food shortages and, um, you know, so many fundamental things. So, yeah, I don't I don't know why everybody isn't being loud. That's really where I'm at with it. Like, if not now, when I don't I don't get it. What are we going to what What else do we need to see? I'm Given all that spinning too fast at this point. So at some point we got a girl. I, I mean, mean, it was like, when I just have to say, oh. because when that news came out, I think I just screamed like, like, just like, wait, what? Like, oh, and by the way, you know, that time warp that you feel like you're living in and, mm -hmm. and nothing really makes sense. And time is a construct. Oh, by the way, the earth is spinning faster, but you know, don't be alarmed. I guess don't that's worry, normal. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Totally fine. Ask the dinosaurs. Um, you know, the question that I have for you is all of the things that you listed out just now in terms of answering your husband's question, would things are, would this, uh, crisis be worse? Obviously the answer is yes. Right. Because we have so many other compacted crises that obviously, um, things would be worse. The thing that I'm asking though, is that with the Inflation Reduction Act that uh, is going to be signed, with the CHIPS Act that was just uh, that was just signed into law, with these wins, mm -hmm. right, that Democrats are are making and have been making uh, in the last couple of weeks, it's been the best uh, probably week of Biden's presidency ever. Right. And, and, he, and, and he had COVID. So. Right. And he had COVID. <laughs> and uh, and his numbers. Right. His polling numbers are in the toilet. Yeah. Um, and so do you think that these wins then, even though because I'll get to cinema and mansion, uh, my two my two least favorite people. Um, do you think that these wins, though, match up against all of the things that are still coming our way. Do you think that the American people will see this as Democrats are working for us? And so I'm showing up in midterms in the way that Kansas just showed up and said no to the overturning of abortion access in their state. Oh my gosh. One, I think that the Democrats have a messaging problem off the, off the bat because they're actually not framing their wins as wins enough. And they're not pushing, you know, and, and talking about them and framing them in the right way. And in addition to that, I think there are some fundamental things that were left out. We can talk about immigration, which is something that this president ran on. You know, we can talk about uh, voting rights around this country, which is kind of important to all this other stuff, you know? So I, it's it's a yes and for me, which is yes, I think that they should be there should be stronger messaging around these wins around what it took to get there. I mean, the fact that they're not leading with the fact that Kamala Harris just joined a very small club. It's been 190 years since a vice president has cast as many tie breaking votes in the Senate as she has this. That's huge. That's something that you should be like putting your hat on saying like, look, you you sent us with 50. We've got this tie breaking vote because you got us in the White House and we're utilizing that. We're, we're actually using that that tool more often than almost anybody in history, especially with two more years left um, in this um, uh, in this presidency, at least right now, you know, obviously we'll see what happens in 2024, but in this first term for, for Biden Harris uh, White House. And so I think that they need to like think about how they talk to people about these wins and also what they mean for their broader fights ahead. And and those other things I mentioned need to be addressed because 
this, these are issues that people are living with day to day that need to be fixed, need to be addressed. And again, like I said, the president ran on. So those, those things still need to be tackled. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't see that happening. Nope. Right. I, I particularly, again, following the news of uh, around Donald Trump, uh, Republicans have already signaled that they ain't coming to the table. Right. Like that they you know, this this to them uh, was a declaration of war. And so that being said, and given the what we have seen, which is that there are two people inside of the Democratic Party that have more power than the president and the vice president, and mm-hmm. that is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Cinema, we know, is in the pocket of you know hedge funds and corporate interests because above all that needed to come out of the IRA bill was the fact that we were going to tax. Uh, hedge funds and special interests to a tune that was going to result in $14 billion of, of, of revenue. Right. And she said, Oh no, no, we can't do that because those poor hedge fund managers, you know, they couldn't come off that money. Then you have, then you have mansion, right. Who makes all of, uh, you know, they, they wanted to congratulate him on the concessions that he made when at the same time, all of the things that he got in that bill for the coal miners in in uh, in West Virginia. So I ask, like, are we just supposed to sit back and continue to applaud these people for being able to hold progress in this country hostage to their whim? Or do we air out, right, how unbalanced um, our democracy actually is, and it isn't just because we have one rabid political party that is turned into a white supremacist cult. Yeah, it's definitely multiple things. One is, as you mentioned earlier, the Democrats refusing to admit that the other side is not um, acting in good faith around any of these issues or even any of these conversations. I mean, we can look at the um, the vote around the insulin um, cap. Uh, these are senators, Republican senators who previously ran on lowering insulin um, costs, who have speeches in 2020 voted for this, but because they want to not give the Democrats uh, a talking point, they're voting against it as a block. So it's not even as, you know, this is directly, you can see how they're operating, which is not in the best interest of their constituents at all. Um, You know, Mansion ultimately operates West Virginia as if it's his own plantation. I mean, this is this is how he runs it. And his interest in the coal um, industry should should actually bar him from even being in office at all, period. Uh, that the the levels of conflicts of interest against his constituents is really astounding in that case, um, especially as long as he's been in um in politics in West Virginia. And then cinema, ooh. I just keep waiting for her girl boss energy to fly her a little too close to the sun because it's really um, outrageous, her behavior, but also, you know, a very good reminder of the ways that white feminism operates within these institutions so often against the interests of themselves and the interests of other marginalized people. So, yeah, it's definitely um, I wish that they would air those things out. But we also have a president that will go on the, you know, tonight show and say what a great person Mitch McConnell is for everybody to hear. So, uh, I, you know, th- that's the other part of it is that we have uh, a very, you know, concentrated amount of power amongst people that are very close to each other 
personally and consistently um, utilize personal connection um, in place of their moral obligations. And it's really disappointing to see so, so often. Um, Leslie, last question for you. Where do you see us going? Right. In in in, you know, for midterms, I, I know I'm asking you to read tea leaves, but you are on the ground. Right. You are working uh, with, um, you know, with organizations, with communities uh, and constituencies that, frankly, are always ignored until it's time to cast a ballot. Yep. And so, you know, given every everything, right, we got multiple viruses running amok in this country. We got voter suppression. We got abortion being overturned. We got, you know, continued gun violence against, uh, against black people in this country uh, put on by the state. We have so white supremacy, which I didn't even touch on, is just running amok to the point where you had pundits saying, well, now that Donald Trump has been, you know, ha has been searched by the FBI, he's going to weaponize white supremacy once again, right, against the government. So we have all of these things. It's like the ante is just up and up and up. Yep. Where do you see us going uh, as we make this march to midterms and beyond? Well, I'll say this. One of the things that's been giving me hope is so much of the really groundbreaking um, work that's happening in the labor sector and uh, with unions. To me, uh, a strong labor uh, movement is really our last hope of having an economic lever to hold as leverage over these institutions that are consistently failing us. So that's been giving me some hope. I think that we have some opportunities in that area to really galvanize people around uh, the people power that exists there. And I'm also really buoyed by young people, generally speaking, who really have a much more nuanced and deep analysis of this moment than I ever would have had at their age uh, and are really aware of what's happening in a way that's really dynamic and allowing them to have some, um, some impact, not just in their circle of influence, but also as they start to age into voting age, I think it's going to be critical. But we can't forget about the voting voter suppression that's happening. And they're going to be at play in this midterm. We're talking about highly gerrymandered um, maps that just came off of a really dirty uh, data uh, poll from the most recent census that that the Trump administration was able to run. So we have uh, DeJoy still in charge of the USPS, which is critical around mail-in ballots and getting people to vote safely. And then, as you mentioned, we have another um, you know, disease that is starting to get to, I guess, I, emergency was officially declared now at this point. And, uh, you know, kids going back in school in the fall. I've, I have been of the opinion that we just are going to see COVID outbreaks every fall. And so I'm, I'm expecting to see that again, which of course will affect turnout and how people are able to vote. So it, I don't have much prognostication to do. I do think that this is going to be a crucial moment for this democracy. I'm not even well before 2024. I think the results from this election are going to be far reaching and really um, deep scope. We can look places like Pennsylvania, where uh, we have a go governor on the GOP side that that would completely have overturned the 2020 election and taken away the votes from the people of Pennsylvania without any uh, qualms whatsoever. And we've seen in a number of states where Democrats have put their support and money behind these candidates with the 
the uh, assumption that they'll be easier to beat. I, I don't even understand the strategy. It didn't work in 2016. I don't know why you all think it'll work this time around, but you know, they're rolling the dice with, you know, black and brown people's lives, which they like to do so often. Um, so I think those are the, those are the issues. And I think those are the big things that are going to be at play. Um, I think that grassroots folks are going to do their work and turn folks out. I think especially reproductive justice um, organizers and organizations are going to do a lot of heavy lifting as they always do in these moments. And so um, I look to them for, for what, what to do, what not to do and how to turn folks out. Uh, and I think it's going to be an in interesting um, to see if the American people remember uh, all of these things that are happening now uh, in a couple of months, because as you mentioned earlier, this news cycle is a whirlwind and things go by so quickly. I mean, I'd be shocked if there's headlines next week about the Trump raid uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Like, and I mean that sincerely, I don't even think that it'll be in the news cycle anymore in seven days, which is, uh, we call it unprecedented, but that's the real unprecedented part is how whiplash fast this news cycle is right now. Oh my God. Yes. And maybe that is the reason why the earth is spinning faster than it, <laughs> than it so. should we be. We figured it yeah. out, Danielle. We figured it we out. It. That, that was <laughs> it. Leslie Mack, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. I hope that you will come back and join us again as we get closer to midterms. Anytime, anytime at all. No problem. Thanks Appreciate you. That is it for me today, folks, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.